This is a podcast from Rover. This podcast is brought to you by the Servo Workers that always remind you of the two for three dollar deal on chocolate bars, just when you need it most. Hello there, welcome to Not For Radio. Uh, your hosts, Duncan Hyde, Jay Reeve, good to be back. Uh, straight off the bat, want to play a little piece from a podcast we both love called Bloke in a Bar. Yeah, and Dean and Kemp, former NRL player. It's great. He's got great chat. He's got his own piss too, called Bloke in a Bar Lager. Good on him. You know you made it when you got your own piss, eh, yeah. Jay? <laughs> I don't want to say anything. I'm glad you mentioned it. <laughs> um, so the, oh, it's about a minute long list, but here, but it's a it's a pretty good story. Um, look, it is true. I did have sexual relations with a Jehovah's Witness, um, and let me just start by saying that shit was fucking buffing, bro. <laughs> So I met her at the commercial hotel in Kingaroy. She told me she was a door-to-door salesman. She was like 19 from the sunny coast. So yeah, I asked her if I wanted to go back to her motel room and I was like, fuck yeah, I do. Walked in, like saw like a big pile, like 400 pamphlets on the bedside table. Thought I'd see what she was selling. I like, thinking it might have been like fucking Dodo Internet or Crisco or something. Crisco. They were, um, <laughs> they were pamphlets on the good word of Jehovah himself. Oh like, no. Are you a Jehovah's Witness by any chance? And she's like, oh yeah, yeah. At this point... I had fucking no clue how this was going to play out. Look, I won't give you all the trimmings because I am, in fact, a gentleman, but let me just start by saying this. I think it's a sex cult, from what I've seen. Um, yeah, pretty much just got in there, played some eyes up footy, throwing the nut around, I guess. As a result, the completion rate was about 50%, but, hey, we can work on that. Amazing Bit of eyes up footy, throwing the nut around. So um, we bought in our own Jehovah's Witness to have sex with. Uh... <laughs> Welcome, Riker, from the uh, from the office. How are you going? Wow, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, from the office into the studio, but yeah, yeah. Mate, great. So, so bring us. I mean, we're not. I I have absolutely no religious sway whatsoever. What people are into is of absolutely no consequence of me. Religion to me is like dicks. You can have it, but don't try and jam it down my neck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but that doesn't mean that I'm you know that I'm opposed to anybody having any religious belief. Now you were of a for the longest part of your life growing up. Uh, yes. Part of a religious uh, organization, organization. There Some you people go. like to I say d- cult, but there's a lot of negative connotation around yeah. the word that people get all sensitive about. I don't it. want to say sect um, either, which is where I was hitting yes, with it. Yeah, sect. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, for the for the most part, most of the part of my life for the first 18 years, I was grew, grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. Which means even as a little five-year-old, I was knocking on doors and handing out the pamphlets. Can Probably I stop the, you there? Yeah. Why the fuck do you knock on people's doors and hand out pamphlets? Good question. So they believe everything they have, Jehovah's Witnesses do is following in Jesus' footsteps. And essentially the most of part of Jesus Christ's life that we know of was that he was going, he was preaching the good word and going door to door in a way. And so that's why they do it because they just want to keep on doing what his work was. Yeah. Uh, uh, I have been, <clears throat> I think a uh, person that we both know, uh, Lee Hart, said the only way to get, to get past this is to open the door uh, on a person that's door knocking, uh, naked, furiously <laughs> masturbating, and then they'll basically put you on like a black mark list and yeah. you'll never go back to their place. Did you have that happen? And is there such a list that exists that doesn't have, that has like serial masturbators or pit bulls in their houses? So double barrel question. I'll start with the... 
have I had anyone open the door uh, just with their, you know, feeding the chicken straight away? I haven't. I haven't had anyone masturbating in front of me, but I have had the door been opened by someone who's just come out of the shower and they're just dick, at, dick is out. And it's really hard to concentrate on my presentation of the good word when there's a schlong just right <laughs> in my face. <laughs> It's like, where do I look? Am I looking yeah, at his yeah, eyes? Yeah. Or am I looking at his? I was like, what? Yeah, the right one hangs lower than the left one. I don't know where to look. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have, I have been, have had a naked person answer the door before. And I, have I you was, had would, any of your counterparts or any of the people in the part of the same organisation as you invited in for some role play lovemaking by a person <laughs> on a push bike wearing a suit and tie? No, I, no, I haven't heard a story like that. Okay. Um, and I feel like they might be, uh, if they, that ever situation occurred, they'd pre- go straight to that list that uh, you were questioning yes. about before, the do not call list. Is there a do not call there list? There is. There is a do not call oh list. Oh, my gosh. How do we is. get on that list? Okay. <laughs> You've got to essentially either, yeah, I guess answer the door in, a, in such a way that we're like, we're never calling on this person again. Um, and a lot of the time, like, I put someone on the worst case scenario for me growing up. I must have been about 12 years old at the time. I actually got chased um, out of a street um, by a man with a knife. Holy my mum and I did. And that, that was the most extreme, by far the most extreme case. Well, it so, doesn't get much more extreme than that. So, yeah. of course, it is. Like, I understand. Like, what you are trying to do is enhance people's lives. You are trying to add to people's lives. So when somebody... Uh, is trying to do that and you don't feel the need to have your life enhanced, the easiest way of saying that is just, hey, I'm good, appreciate your time and just on your way. Chasing someone, chasing a child with a knife is fucking ludicrous. Yeah, it was pretty wild. We had to end up getting the police involved and I remember I was wanting to run down the street but my mum being a very, my mother being a very uh, religious and, what's the right word, just, not not stuck in her ways, but so so much faith, I should say. So yes. much faith that she was going to be okay, that she was walking slow and she was not scared at all. And I'm Fuck, freaking faith out. Faith doesn't stop a knife. <laughs> no. no. No, you never know. People are unpredictable. And this guy was clearly well, may, Maybe it did. It did in this state. So, well, your mum didn't get stabbed, did she? Neither of us got shanked. And she so. was right. Okay, I'm wrong. Um, let's chat about the door knocking. So when you started when you were five, how many hours a week are you door knocking? Good, good question. It definitely varies. For, for for me growing up, and this was the same for a lot of JW families as well, it was the, generally it was the routine of going out on a Saturday morning. Um, I ended up getting a little bit bothered with that growing up in school systems and being being someone who likes to do a lot of sport. Mm. I was always conflicted because I had this family obligation to go witnessing, to, to go door to door on Saturday mornings, but I wanted to play footy or whatever on Saturday mornings. So that was always a bit frustrating growing up. But did essentially, you, did you work on the pitch, you know, like... Old mate upstairs is really keen on me playing code, and he said, oh, I don't need to go knock on some doors because I can throw the pillow around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, it was yeah, it was difficult when it came to uh, secular out of activities that weren't to do with the church or the meetings that I'd go to because they ended up taking priority. Um, but was it frowned upon if you were to go into, into sports? Oh, no, nah, it definitely wasn't frowned upon, only I guess if it – took away the time that I had already committed to. So what if, say if you had a Saturday morning footy game, could then you go and drop pamphlets in the afternoon and then you'd be all good? Yeah, if there was like an afternoon group. Generally, yeah. there was normally a morning group. And I guess growing up, because I didn't have a car and didn't have the independence, I would have to do what, well, not have to, but yeah. essentially got to do what my family's doing at the time. But totally, if I had the independence to go in the afternoon, I could. So. And how many hours are you knocking for? Oh, it depends. There's some people that honestly go all day. But they have, they have like, they're the pioneers and mm. they have the quota of, they have the goal of doing like 40 hours a month kind of thing. Yeah, Where okay. generally growing up, I would do my two hours on Saturday morning and that would normally be it. And maybe there was one evening 
before we go to the meetings. What's so. your ROI in terms of the return on the investment of door knocking? How many people did you go, oh, I knocked on that bastard's door, he's here because of me? <laughs> oh, mate, probably one in 500 doors or something. But, <sighs> I mean, this is, a, this is a number I'm throwing out of yeah, thin air. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. of course... You know, it is most, a numbers game, though. You've yeah, got to, If that yeah. is the ratio that you're returning, then you've got to be, if you're wanting to yep. fill the place up, then you've got to knock on thousands of doors. Essentially, yeah. I mean, the positive perspective part to it is that Jehovah's Witnesses do have the, yeah, such a positive outlook that even if someone isn't ending up coming to our meetings or, or getting baptised or whatever, even if they just take one leaflet, we, we count that as like, oh, that's a win. You know, yeah. that's okay. At least we've got something in the yeah, I've been, At the mount, <coughs> this, I've done this. I haven't ha- actually had anybody knock on the door um, since we've been living in the big smoke, but uh, I've invited them in for a cuppa and just sat down and just been like, hey, just give me the give me the run of the mill and put a time limit on it. Like I've got I've got <laughs> yeah. maybe 20 minutes. Do you want a brew? I'll make you one. I'll make it in front of you so, you know, I'm not lacing it with anything. Uh, sit down <laughs> and have a chat about it. And it was it was quite intriguing. There is something that you kind of admire or have to admire about somebody who has passion and conviction about fucking anything. Mm. Like if you collect Matchbox cars and you go around knocking on people's doors telling people how awesome Matchbox cars are, you deserve the time of day if you've got the yeah. time of day to give them. And I had the time of day. It's lovely for you to do that. They would have really liked that since we don't, I mean, not we, not me as anymore, but getting invited in. They would have loved it. That, What's your record for amount of coffees in a day, you reckon? How many <laughs> coffee stops? Because that would really oh, put, coffees. Bra- put the brakes on productivity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was uh, that was actually always a joke thrown around. Like, when are we, like, in half an hour in, when are we going for coffee? It was always kind of the. Yeah. Like, yeah. Did you ever have to use somebody's bathroom? Like, go, hey, um, how about a bit of JW chat? But before that, jeez, I need a beaver dam you croucher. Yeah. <laughs> Had a dodgy kebab last night. The funny thing is, knocking on, knocking on doors and asking to use something shitty, you'd probably have a better conversion rate. Yeah. <laughs> probably, yeah. So that would lead us to the next obvious question is, at what stage did you go, hey, this is not for me? How did that transition uh, out of that go? And how's your relationship with, I guess, the rest of the fellowship uh, and your family as a result of you going, you know, this just isn't for me? Yeah. Uh, last year of high school, so I would have been... Uh, 17, 18. And that's when I started to be like, oh, I've got passions and areas that kind of conflict with my current lifestyle. There was quite a few things that were kind of making me uh, rethink how I wanted to live the next, the, my young adult life, essentially. Mm. Um, and the independence that I wanted conflicted with the commitment that I'd have to do with my two times going to meetings and going w- witnessing door to door. And I just, there were other people growing up who I knew who who left, but also kind of were too scared to let their family know and kind of led like what uh, they would call a double life for a bit. But I'm the kind of person where uh, I'm either committed to something or I'm not. And yeah. so I had to obviously break it to my parents, which they were sad about because most of my family, bar me and one of my brothers, uh, we're the only ones who aren't Jehovah's Witnesses, where the rest of them are still very committed. Um, so yeah, I had to break it to them. It was it was probably tough, but they had the same with my brother who was closer in age to me. So they probably, probably felt it coming maybe. Um, but my relationship with my family and my relationship with the organization itself is still quite positive and I actually have a lot of respect for, I, I did go through a phase where I kind of like, I missed out on all these birthdays growing up. I missed out on all these things growing yeah, up, but Christmases. But now I look back and I'm like, it did shape mm. me to who I am today. So I've got to be grateful for it in some respects. Yeah, I think you can't, I can't recommend highly enough of never actually referencing things that have happened in the past that you've got no control over because then you're just anchoring yourself to that point 
where you just never get past it. What is it? C- comparison is the theft of joy. It is. Or the thief yeah. to joy. Like it is when you go, oh man, well this kid did this and this kid did this. It's like, that's not your life. So there's yeah. kind of no point in doing it. I commend people, like I said before, like your parents and, that are, and the organization themselves. Like against everything. Like against... You know, they're just steadfast and true in what they actually do, and I think that's cool. And I think that you've seen that too, and it's probably a quality in which you've probably carried on in your life. It's just committing to something. Like, in a hail of bullshit, when everyone's telling you're wrong, being committed to something is something that most people just don't have because we flip-flop, particularly in a generation which you've come through, and it's like... Ah, this is shit. I've been here for two weeks and I haven't got a Ferrari yet, so fuck this job <laughs> off. Uh, I'm not the CEO. Turns out this is not for me. Okay. Um, Riker, what can you tell us about the ideals of the Joho um, Church? Like, how how is it different to oh, let me Christianity? Uh, they do not observe holidays. They um, have pagan. They believe that have pagan origins, such as Christmas, Easter, and birthdays. Uh, they do not salute the national flag or sing the national anthem, and they refuse military service. They also refuse blood transfusions, even those that could be life-saving. Is that pretty much it in a nutshell? Those, I would say, are the big hitters, so yeah, for sure. Obviously, there's a lot of other small things. I mean, even something as small as not swearing, for example, or not having a potty mouth. Mm, um, yeah. Uh, Which is not necessarily yeah. a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, fuck that, I swear now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've changed. Uh, Did you have it all be- built up, just, just like oh. loaded up, just a backlog <laughs> for about two and a half weeks straight, all you said was fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> no, that would be quite funny, though. Um, the that, Those are the main hitters that you read out there, Jay. That, yeah. those, those are kind of the main ones. I'd say Jehovah's Witnesses are primarily kind of known for not – yeah, I'd, I'd say they're primarily known for – knocking door to door, but also not do, not celebrating or observing Christmas, birthdays, uh, blood transfusions is a big one in the med- medical world, of course. Have you had anybody that's close to you that needed a blood transfusion or was, because that's, if you say you're in a horrendous car accident and your fucking legs get whipped off and then all of a sudden you're down, you know, 12 pints of blood and you need some blood put into you and they just go, you know what, fuck that, he's not getting any. I don't know of anyone personally who's been through that experience, but I know of a lot of stories of people who have had to make, or they've been unconscious and their families had to make a decision for them. Um, growing up as well, we were encouraged to have a blood a card in our wallet so that if we were ever in an accident and we didn't have the verbal capacity to verbalise that we don't want blood, the doctors could look at our wallet and be like, oh, he's a Jehovah's Witness or she's a Jehovah's Witness and they won't do blood. But generally people would have family that could speak for them on behalf of them if if they are able to. But um, it is definitely one of the most dubious talking points with the religion because it's comes into the medical world and it's yeah. like a matter of life. Um, and that, that still kind of bugs me, that one, a little bit. You know, you weren't yeah. pissed off about the no birthdays, no Christmas? I, oh, as a kid, but I got over that now. I don't yeah. really care now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just presents. Like, I, I can buy my own some, stuff. Some more plastic shit you don't need really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who's the highest profile uh, Jehovah's Witness in New Zealand? Because you mentioned the oh, no playing um, sport, uh, no, not singing the national anthem. Wasn't, that um, means there probably hasn't been a Jehovah's Witness that's been in a New Zealand sports team because you'd t- notice them not singing. Um, uh, the Iceman. Isn't he Jehovah's Witness? Iceman, George Gervin. No. No, no, no. He's, neither of them are fucking oh, Kiwis. Oh, uh, Michael Jones. Yes. Sir Michael Jones. Yeah. Don't know. Oh, no, I do know, though, that um, growing up, because my uncle was, my uncle's Fiji and he's related to them through marriage, Joe Rokothoko and City of Inisivivatu. Yes. They, I think it was, it was Joe Rokothoko's mother was the Jehovah's Witness, and I think she might still be. Um, and they, they were brought up going to the meetings and then left it probably for rugby, so... 
And one final question for you, because it's been bloody interesting. How does the Jehovah's Witness Church make money? Like, what's their setup? Pure donations. And is that from the people that are part of the church? Yeah. Like, Does anyone pay you not to knock on their door? Do they go, I'll give you fucking 10 bucks a month if you never knock on mate, my I door I wish that would be an easy gig. <laughs> Goodness, that would be easy as. Go to the honey hole every week, go. Hey? You beauty, another tenner. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't had an offer like that, but the boy, that would be sweet. I'd, if anyone wants to be not knocked on their door and pay me. Is it a you just perc- broker it. You just take a small clip of the ticket, hand over eight bucks. Is it yeah. a percentage of your salary like some other churches? No, it, it isn't. And that's what I do really respect about them still today now since I've learned a lot more about other religions coming out of the JW religion um, and learned a lot more about other Christian denominations and how large it is on, on the scale. That there's most other religions and, and Christians, they do have that kind of you have to, the mm. almost the forcible way of saying you've got to give a certain amount or at a certain time or a certain payslip. But it is very much... You, you can be a Jehovah's Witness your whole life and not have any pressure to donate, which I do quite respect. Yeah. Um, people just do it out of the willingness of their heart. I, and from what I know of, that's where they get their money from. No, no, no Christmas presents, no birthday presents, just a hell of a saving there, and then you don't have to tie to the church. Fuck, but if there's one to join up, it's probably that one. <laughs> we don't sell any wee picks either, and we yeah. do pay, they probably pay their tax. <laughs> and you're allowed to listen to the radio. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, cheers, mate. That's awesome. What an insight. That's mega. Thank you very much. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, I can confirm from my experience, not a sex cult. There you uh, go. Never got laid as a Joho. No. I was almost there. I was just about across the line, and uh, that's absolutely <laughs> scuttled my plans. I'm not interested anymore. Not for radio. Can I just play something for you? Uh, how good was Riker? Amazing. Thank you, Riker. Yeah. I just want to play for you. Something this happens all the time to sports players, and this is sent to me by my mate ET. And now it happens to the coaches and stuff as well. People just want to get a a, a photo with you, or quite often it'll be a video message, or it'll be oh, buddy, jump in my Snapchat. We had it today. We had some radio students through um, the studio, and they wanted a just photo for Snapchat, which would be nice. You know, it's gone in twenty four hours. I like that. Um, <laughs> and this is Razor Robinson, Crusaders coach, should be the ABs coach. And he is up at the bottom of the stands at the end of a game and a high school student's come up to him and wants a shout-out for his rugby team. And what you're going to have to listen out for is he's got quite an unusual laugh and it catches um, Razor Robinson off guard. I might play it a couple of times. Have a listen. A video saying good luck under 15 A's. For who? Uh, Christ College. Okay, Christ College under 15 A's go hard. <laughs> Oh, what's that snore? Is he snorting? Yeah, sorry. Go on, you boys. Go well. Oh. Go, go again. Have a, have a listen to Razor Robinson. His head snaps around because he doesn't know what the sound is. goes, oh. A video saying good luck under 15 A's. For who? Uh, Christ College. Okay, Christ College under 15 A's go hard. <laughs> Oh, what's that snore? Is he snorting? Yeah, sorry, go on, you boys. Go well. Wow, that is a laugh. I don't know if it's real or not, but uh, yeah, it's great nonetheless. Good luck to the under 15 A's of Christ College. Yeah, go hard. Jay and Duck, not for radio. Do you sleep naked? Often. Do you? Yes. Don't you find you just get tangled up in your junk? It's not that big. It doesn't wrap around me like a hose. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> That's Suck. your problem, as you've just got. <laughs> I was wondering why you're always rubbing your hands together. I thought you were cold, but you're just making a noodle dick. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, here's a couple of reasons why you shouldn't sleep naked. Um, and think about this and think about your poor wife, Anna. Yo, here's why you should never sleep commando. The average person cracks one off 15 to 25 times a day, and this can happen while you're sleeping. A scientific study has proven that every time you beep the horn, you spray a tiny amount of fecal material. Yikes. For the sake of your partner, get on Shut-Eye now. This app will tell you what you did in your sleep last night. It keeps track of your sleep to help you better understand your health and habit. That's, that's probably fair. I would... Um, Nothing worse than the meat farts, eh? Oh, Jeez, they're another level. I did one the other night. This is, I just... You know the day that I had that massive ham roll and then that massive roast beef roll? Mm. Just, I don't know, for whatever reason, it was just piggish behaviour. And... Uh, my wife was snoring. She was that that deep sleep. So I was like, this is a safe time to do it. Obviously, the left, everybody knows if you roll into your left-hand side, that's when you produce some of your best farts. Oh, yeah. So if you've got a sore stomach, do that. Uh, it'll generally sort it out. It's just a little bit of air trapped up in the belly there. And it was like a 17-second, four-octave fart that turned the bed into like a Pakistani marquee. And she was <laughs> fucking almost in a coma. And it woke her up. <laughs> But it just was like the smell of death in the room. We just couldn't get away from it. There's nothing worse than when you're trying to keep a lid on it, but then you start and you're like, that's hot. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, that's going to stink. That's going to have a nose on it. That, that's the concentrated yep. version. Little breaths. Don't be greedy. Just in and out of your mouth. Thank you very much. Uh, while we're giving out medical advice, um, very sane medical advice here is why you shouldn't pee in the shower. This well, this is contradictory because Madonna famously said that she's got such great feet. Somebody asked her why she has such great feet, and she said that she pisses on her feet every night. Well, that's this is true. If you want soft feet, pee on your feet in the shower because the urea in your urine will soften up your skin. I've done that and I've got galloping trench foot. <laughs> it looks like my toes are about to fall off. <laughs> like My toes look like wheat picks that have been in milk for about three hours. It's probably athlete's foot. You should get that looked at. Yeah, they won't go anywhere without some antifungal cream. Um, so this lady is, this is a bit of you because you've got like a full dud bladder. You mm. need to go all the time. Have a listen. Stop peeing in the shower. Now, I have mentioned in the past that that is a correct standing position, is one of the PE positions that's correctly done to empty the bladder. But that's just for emptying the bladder. You just don't want to do it all the time because what happens, it's kind of like a Pavlov dog training where every time they heard a little bell ring, they would start salivating. And your bladder, every time it hears running water, is going to want to pee. So whenever you're washing your hands, if you're taking a shower, washing the dishes, if there's running water, your bladder is going to be salivating because it wants to go and pee. Makes sense. It does make sense. The Pavlov's theory. It made me want to th- wee listening to that. Yeah, well, there's the tinkling music in the background. The Pavlov's uh, dog training was one of the earliest, earliest bits of, I guess, psychology and behind why things, why things happen. And I think it is exactly that. Whenever, because I love to consume, or have up until recently consumed, a high amount of booze. I think that my body just gets into that mode of you've got to pee. As soon as I have a sip of something, it's like, oh, shit, here we go. The old mate's going to flood us again. So it just I start to pee. There's only one person worse than me, and that's my buddy Dog Tit. He will literally half a tin of beer, and he's just like his feet are itching. But, I mean, that being said, I'm now doing the foot tap because after hearing that, I need to go to the toilet. I remember being specifically being hung over one time and I hooked into a box of beers and I drank nine beers without taking a piss. Yeah, well, you can get to that level of dehydration. That piss that you had on the way home from duck shooting was actually comically long. Like, I kid you not, no shit, you wouldn't believe me, but we listened to fucking Stairway to Heaven, the long version. <laughs> <laughs> and he was still going. And then we drove for about 10K and I was like, now I need a piss, pulled over, 
and he hopped out and went again. <laughs> and then I hopped out first, and the time it took me to go and then get back in the car, Dunk was still going. I was like, how are you like just like a jerry can with eyeballs and a beard? <laughs> This is so funny because this is like the third or fourth time you brought it up on the Not For Radio podcast. And it's, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was actually thinking I was being punked, that you just had a hose running. Nah, bro. Nah, not at all. That uh, must be the bottom half of your body would be your bladder. Oh, yes. Uh, we've got Showboss Teagues wants to chime in on the peen in the shower. Hello. Um, I don't mean to scare any of the ladies listening, mm. but it's really bad for ladies to pee standing up in the shower a lot, and that's actually how you can get lots of yeast infections. So oh, if you're going to be peeing in the shower, you actually want to squat down as though you're on a toilet, and it's much better for you. Why is that? Why do you get a funky tunnel well, from standing up and peeing? So the way that the ladies' vagine is positioned no, you the tubes. vulva. Sure. Don't know all the parts. Probably yeah. should. Couldn't the, tell the you. The vagine is only one part of it. The part, the, the part where the pee comes out. The urethra. Is, yeah. Is in a particular, like basically when you're used to peeing a certain way, if you pee standing up, then sometimes you can have urine get trapped in the tube which can cause agitation and create the pH to become unbalanced in there. And then what do you have to do to fix that? Put a Greek yogurt? <laughs> no, not Slip necessarily. You get a, you get like a human tube of cream you got to shove up there and pump that in three nights a week and <laughs> leaks out everywhere. Jesus. TMI, you are so no, you're no, welcome. Hey, mate, that's it. We, uh, we're big fans of vulvas on this show. Jeez, Massive yeah. fans of vulvas. I'm still getting over the human suvalaki call. <laughs> Seen a couple of badly packed kebabs in your time? <laughs> oh, shit. <coughs> Here it is. Okay. <clears throat> Let's play one of these. Wrap it there. Not for radio. Just one message uh, today from uh, a listener of the podcast. And this is better late than never. I never got back to this one. So apologies to Ross Kuvlo. Kuvlot. Howdy, fellas. Could you please, can I please have a shout out? It's my birthday. It was over two weeks ago. Uh, because I'm a thick cut, I left it too late to book it, uh, to book off work and now I have to spend the day moving 800 tonne of stone dust, putting it through a power screen rinsing machine to turn it into sharp builder and sand at the quarry. Uh, I have a cat loading shovel to move it with. I'm not that much of a thick cut. Cheers, gents. Keep up the good work. Love from the UK. What a cool ass job that is. Mm. Rolling around in a massive loader. Uh, the sign-off song for today is Alanis Morissette off her album Jagged Little Pill. It's a song called Ironic because she turned 48 today. Just while we're going into it, the major thing that sticks with my mind and sticks in my mind from Alanis Morissette is how she hooked up with um, Joey from whatever John Stamos. No, nah, no, nah, what the other one? Maybe oh, the other the one. one Uncle Joey? Vo- yeah, Uncle yeah, Joey, the, the one from Full House. Yeah, Full House. The funny voices. Uh, and she referenced in her song how she gave him a downstairs telling off in a movie theatre. Huh. So fun. That's Keeper. Anyway, enjoy Didn't that song. Didn't work out. No. On the drums, Taylor Hawkins, rest in peace. Just 
I wonder if he just hopped off that ship like Captain Jack Sparrow coming into port when she was like, righty, I'm going to rip into that bastard off Full House. And he was like, fuck, I'm out of here. She was Dave on four Kroll. world tours and Foo Fighters were up to F4 at that point in time, but he was essentially just, you know, a back-end band. Mm. Getting to travel the world and um, very successfully uh, and probably seen most parts of the world because she was incredibly successful at the time, but... Yeah, I don't know. I think it was still a massive gamble for him, but it paid off. And it did. Rest in peace. Don't forget to share the podcast on your social media. Plenty of prizes to give away. We'll be back tomorrow, and uh, we've enjoyed being in your ear holes. Thanks for letting us right on in there. Have a crack up. Shit, fuck, motherfucker, fuck, face, piss.